Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning and welcome. You're listening to Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study, and we're so glad you can join us. But before we get into the word, let's take a moment and pray. Mm-hmm. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for everything that you're doing in our lives, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you for the healing that you continue to place on our bodies and our minds, Lord. And Lord, we also just thank you that you continue to illuminate the things in our lives that need to be sorted out, Lord, so that we can deal with them before they become giant trees, Lord. And Lord, we also just thank you for your Holy Spirit who helps us to do it, Lord, and the power that you give us to do it, Lord, for we do not have the power by ourselves, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. We're excited to have you with us and to join us as we get into the Word together. We're continuing our study in Acts chapter 7, and uh, we'll be going over rereading, excuse me, verses 37 through 50. Again, the Lord's still speaking and ministering to us through that, and we want to receive all that he has to say. Amen to that. Because it matters for us and for our lives. Mm-hmm. So, um, But before we get into that, I would just like to, to thank each of you for joining us, and, and especially thank our, our partners for supporting the ministry, helping us to build the Lord's house, and to spread the gospel throughout the four corners of the earth, as the Lord has commanded for this ministry. So thank you for sharing into the work. Thank you for your prayers, for your for sowing into this ministry, and for liking, subscribing on this and any number of the platforms you find this ministry, and for sharing the episodes with others so they too can be blessed and grow in their relationship with the Lord. Not just knowing about Him, but actually knowing Him for who He is. A person and having a personal, deep, and intimate relationship with our God. So I'd just like to thank you. And thank you for being a blessing to us. So, that being said, ready to get in the Word? Yes. All mm-hmm. right. Can I get a volunteer to read from Acts 7, verses 37 through 50? Yes. All right, I promise. This is that Moses who said to the children of Israel, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. Him you shall hear. This is he who is in the congregation in the wilderness with the angel who spoke to him on Mount Sinai and with our fathers, the one who received the living oracles to give to us, whom our fathers would not obey but rejected. And in their hearts they turned back to Egypt, saying to Aaron, Make us gods to go before us. As for this Moses who brought us out of the land of Egypt, we did not know what has become of him. And they made a calf in those days and offered sacrifices to the idol and rejoiced in the works of their own hands. Then God turned and gave them up, gave them up to worship the host of heaven, as it is written in the book of the prophets. Did you offer me slaughtered animals and sacrifices during the forty years in the wilderness, O house of Israel? You also took up the tabernacle of Moloch and the star of your god Remphan, images which you made to worship, and I'll carry you away beyond Babylon. 
Our fathers had a tabernacle witness in the wilderness, as he appointed, instructing Moses to make it according to the pattern that he had seen, which our fathers, having received it in turn, also brought with Joshua into the land possessed by the Gentiles, whom God drove out before the face of our fathers until the day of David, days of David, who found favor before God and asked to find a dwelling for God of ja- for the God of Jacob. But Solomon built him a house. However, the Most High does not dwell in temples made with hands, as the prophet says, Heaven is my throne, and earth is my footstool. What house shall you build for me, says the Lord, or what is the place of my rest? Has my hand not made all these things? Amen. So at this time, I want to open up the floor and give each of you the opportunity to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and to ask any questions that you have. So who would like to begin? You still have something promise? Yes, where it was, where it said that the children of Israel turned back to Egypt inside of their hearts. Mm. Okay. And so I originally didn't understand that, and the Lord showed me that later, before he quoted Amos, I believe, that said that he turned up, they said to Aaron, make his gods to go before us, and how it's plural, and that's what they did in Egypt. Mm-hmm. Amen. And how does that come across, I mean, what else did the Lord say about it? It's what they did in Egypt. Yes, and how after they came out of Egypt, they still continue doing that as a custom. Well, not a custom, but this is what they did. Mm-hmm. And how the Lord showed that when when we become Christians, we have to give all that stuff and make sure that it doesn't come back and have make sure God's inside of His elevate, elevated place. Mm-hmm. And so the Lord showing that if you concern anything else before the Lord, then God's not in the place that He should be in your particular life. Mm-hmm. He's God on the throne, but. Is he on the throne of your heart? Of your heart? That's something that we each individually have to do in our relationship with God. And sometimes we'll find that we get saved where we, we don't want to go to hell, but it doesn't mean that we've submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, meaning he is the God of our life, not just the God who keeps us from hell and takes us to heaven, but he's the God who gets to decide what we do, where we go, who we are, and direct the steps of our life in an intentional way. First John 2 verse 15 says this, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the, the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world, and the world is passing away, and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. So in what you just said, they brought with them the things, or they hid it in their heart, their secret desire to worship other gods, to have multiple gods, false gods, etc., etc., because that was a part of Egypt, and Egypt is a type and shadow of the world and the world system. So they hid that in their heart, that desire versus hiding the word of God in their heart. 
And again, that's our choice. This uh, probably isn't a popular statement, but the reality is if we, for me personally, I should say, if you dig deep enough into this, what we're, what we're discussing and have been over the last couple of episodes is um, um, it is unwise for me to trust my own reasoning of my own desires, <laughs> yet they should be submitted and I should allow God to tell me what my desires should be. Amen to that. Fully submitted, even, even my desires. If he does not provide them for me, I can't trust him. Amen. I was fortunate enough to travel to Europe once, and I was fortunate enough that it was free. Amen. That, that's Hallelujah. why I was able to do it. <laughs> and um, it was considered a southern Mediterranean cruise. Um, without getting into all the details of it, one of the stops that we made along the way on a bus trip one day was to this Catholic church, this extremely old Catholic church. And um, it, you know, I, for... I, it wasn't made by any standard construction methods of the day. There was definitely the the concrete or whatever um, solid material the walls were made from was leaching in several places and was extremely uneven. It was almost as if, you know, and it was made like an adobe hut or something, you know. Um, but it was, it was pretty good size. And uh, as we were sitting inside of it and the tour guide was telling us about it, you know, I'm, I'm walking in, I'm going like, I really did not feel at ease in the place at all. <laughs> but there was symbolism everywhere mm -hmm. uh, because uh, at one time it had been a temple of Isis and it had been this other church oh. and it had been all this other stuff. And they determined that it made sense to keep the images in the church. So there was, I, I remember distinctly as you came in the building, you were facing the left side wall the way you entered. So the first thing you saw was the left side wall of the church, not the, mm. not the, platform or the stage or whatever you want to call it you know the head of the sanctuary and there was the egyptian key of life on the wall hmm. by about four feet tall wow and it was all all kinds of stuff like that and um oddly enough they thought it enriched their heritage knowing that this building had been all these things and decided to leave it there hmm. kind of somewhat like what we're talking about here in the egyptians and their unwillingness to release the things of their past Mm -hmm. and shows their display of their their inability to actually even decide what's best for themselves. Amen. Amen. And when you said you didn't feel at ease, you meant your spirit didn't feel the peace of God. Oh, in oh no, none at all. Right. At all. Because it, it was just, I, I felt like I was uh, profaning God by even being in the building. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. God is, he is one, and there is, he will have no other God beside him. There's There's not multiple gods. There's not any of that kind of thing in the Lord's eyes. And we know that idols are nothing. They are demons yes. and there's no life in them and there's nothing to be worshiped. And it's a product of demonic activity and human flesh. And, and the Lord makes it very clear, right? How can you drink both from the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons? Amen. Amen. How can you do both? You cannot is and, the answer. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> you, you will choose one. You will love one and hate the other. And by, by rights of what God says, when you have other gods beside him, you're not worshiping him. Mm -hmm. And that's just how it is. Now, there are times when God's like, um, you're ignorant about this, and I'm going to present myself to you to give you a chance to understand. When you, We'll see this later. The Apostle Paul goes to an area, and they have something to the unknown God. They've got a... a a monument, if you will, or an altar to the unknown God, because they didn't know who he was. And he said, I'm going to tell you who this unknown God is. But there was also with that the truth that there is one God, 
Yes, he is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but he is one. And all these other things that you're worshiping, put it away from you and not hide it till later. Put it away from you, discard it, denounce it, renounce it, walk away from it entirely and turn and worship the true and living God with your whole heart. And Layla, you, you mentioned in the previous podcast or so, how do they, how do they turn away so fast? It's because they never fully turned to in the first mm-hmm. place. We think that we can hide from God with secret things. We become Gollum. You know, if you've got seen that, that movie, Lord of the Rings, there's this thing that drives him and torments him and he calls it his precious. And he'll hide in the corner. He'll still kill and do anything he needs to to get it. And we hide those things in our heart when God is saying, come to me, I love you. And let's, let's deal with these together. I will put the truth in the place where you've held a lie and you don't have to worship false gods. But you do have to be willing to give that to him. And all sin, I mean, all flesh has sinned with the exception of the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's not a surprise to God. And he's not condemning us. He's saying, come to us. And because he's gracious, he accepts us and he washes us in his blood and he washes us with his word. And his character doesn't change that he's a holy God. And he fully intends for you to root those things out of your life. He fully intends that. And as we're talking about our, our personal um, walk with the Lord, there are things in every person, because if you look at um, the Gospels where Jesus was referencing that the kingdom is like a field and the Lord of that field sowed good seed. But after time, these tares sprung up with it. And the servants of the field said, Lord, we know that you put good seed, but how is it that tares are coming up now? And the, the Lord of the field said, my adversary did this, right? Yes. And if you continue through that, it's referencing the God's people on the earth and ungodly people on the earth. And the, the, the end of that was let them remain and grow up together until it's time for the reaping and the harvest. Unless, while I'm trying to get rid of the tares, I'm going to uproot my my godly people at the same time. And that's going to be dealt with and taken care of. But there is an element of that that's in our heart. God wants to take out the tares and he's able to do that surgical removal on the inside of us so that we are presented to him pure and without blame. Now, he will walk in his process with you. He's not just going to come and grab a bunch of stuff and snatch it out in all cases. And... We have to continue to walk with him until he can look and say, this is the way I want it. We have to allow God to be who he is in our life. And that is God. And not a sharing of the Godship with ideas, ideologies, belief systems, and false gods, any of that kind of stuff that's contrary to the Lord. And that's our choice. Hmm. And as you said, Dean, the people in that, that particular building felt like it made them better to have false gods in there and paganism happening. And that somehow honored God. Well, really they were honoring themselves and keeping a little bit. I'll keep a little bit. I'll keep a little bit over here. I'll keep a little bit over there and I'll just, I'll just store this away. But just in case I'll say, Lord, forgive me. I really serve you God when it's convenient. Amen. So there's been a lot of awesome things brought up in the past couple episodes. Um, 
But, so we were talking a lot about this section and how Stefan is giving this history lesson, right? And on the section concerning Moses, we've spent a great deal of time. But we have to understand the why, right? And the why is that... That was, was that not the accusation of Stephen? Is that Jesus had said that he was going to come, or that this is the misquote by the, the people that were trying to slander Stephen and slander Christ, was that he was going to come and change the customs and traditions of Moses, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in this, not only is... Stephen, through the the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit, giving the history lesson here, he's doing two things simultaneously, especially in this section concerning Moses. He is explaining to them their history and how everything in the history was always pointing to Christ. And he is um, how Christ, I'll say it this way, how Christ is the fulfillment, the embodiment of their history, of everything that has happened in their history. Does that make sense? Yes. yes. Uh, all the utterances, uh, the words of the Lord given, and the things that he has seen, and he gives these examples from from Scripture, right? Oh, we would say mm-hmm. the Old Testament, but he's giving these examples to say, look, this happened, this was talking about Christ the whole time. Whether it was out of Amos or um, Deuteronomy or Exodus, right, where he's saying, "Hey, I'm going to raise up a prophet just like you," right? But and he, he's making the connections. There's M- Moses, even Moses, who, as we've pointed out here multiple times, is held in such high esteem, right? Yeah. He's saying, "No, no, no, you rejected it," which is the second thing he's doing. He is pointing out their history. To them, their role in it, and the areas which they misunderstood, and as a result of that misunderstanding, and and or hardening of the heart, right? Yes. The areas which they and their ancestors, in this case, he's about to make it very personal, but in which they failed, in which they fell away from God. But because in this history, right, there's a correct correction of thoughts. Because their mindset, clearly, is that they're doing all the things that Moses commanded, or the Lord commanded through Moses, right? Yes. We're doing it, is essentially what they're saying. We're following all the customs, all the traditions. We've always followed all the customs and all the traditions, right? Yes. And as we're going over this, I was reminded, actually, of Nehemiah in chapters 8 and 9. So, this is in Nehemiah, chapter 8. They begin to read out of the what's known as the Book of the Law, right? So, uh, the books of Moses. First five books of the Bible, right? Yes. But, um... And so I'll give you, it's both chapter 8 and chapter 9, but we're going to go over a few key verses. Verse 8 says this, right? Uh, no, let me back up a second, because they had rededicated their lives. 
right? And even wrote down in a book the people who were there and were a part of that rebuilding and rededication part, right? But then now they're bringing everybody that is to be of Israel, right? Yes. And bringing them in, into the same mindset. So they're, they can be one accord. And in order to do that, they begin, it says in verse 8, So they read distinctly from the book in the law of God, and they gave the sense and helped them to understand the reading. So they weren't just reading the scriptures. They were helping the people understand the meaning behind them, what the Lord was actually saying to the people, right? Which caused, if you continue to read on from verses 9 to 12, grieving. The people were grieved because they had not done them, right? And, and yes, the people could say, well, we have, we have an excuse, right? Or as Promise was bringing up here in the past few episodes, they had an excuse. They were in captivity. So how could they, right? But um, it's not entirely accurate. Layla, you brought up a, a wonderful point about trying to resist. And, oh, it's just a little thing. So, I don't have to deal with it. We could just let it, you know, let us let it stay there and, and not address it, not deal with that thing. And then, uh, before long, it's grown, this little weed, little blade of grass has now grown to a, a giant tree, right? Literally. Okay. Yes. So... It's interesting as we continue to read on in verse, uh, sorry, in chapter 8, there was this interesting thing that is said in verse 17. In Nehemiah chapter 8. Nehemiah chapter 8, yes. Okay. Um, and it says how, so they're, they're beginning to celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles because it's that time, and they read about it in the law, right? Yes. Or the law of God, right? And it says, so the whole assembly of those who had returned from the captivity made booths and sat under the booths. For since the days of Joshua, the son of Nun, until that day the children of Israel had not done so, and there was very great gladness. Now, you could look at that in a couple different ways. Yes, it's, it's about the physical act of the booths, right? But this is a, a very, very, very long time. So, for those that, that are not a, aware of Nehemiah. It's estimated it was written somewhere between, uh, excuse me, 600, sorry, four, 446 BC and 430 BC. And the book of Joshua, it is, est it is estimated that it was written between 1646 and 1616 BC. Yes, before Christ. That's almost 1,200 years. That's almost 1,200 years. And yes, a lot of things had happened in there, right? Yes. To include captivity. But even when they went down to Egypt, they were blessed, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right with Joseph, and or they were given the best of the land. The Lord delivered them. But in all that time, they had not returned fully to the Lord to just be obedient. 
but in in that, right? Oh, I'll say in in those first five books of the of the the law, is where Peter, uh, clearly the Lord ministered through Peter, and he writes his famous thought, as it were, right, where it says, "But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, to proclaim the virtues of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light." That actually came in, out of Exodus. For those that are not aware, Exodus 19, 5 and 6, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. It says, Now if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you will be my treasured possession out of all the nations, for the whole earth is mine. And unto me you shall be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you are to speak to the Israelites. This was what the Lord told Moses to say before he had given him the Ten Commandments. To then give to the people, right? Yes. Yes. But now, so I was going back to Nehemiah. They gathered for a second day to hear the word, right, read to them. But also, they they prayed. They humbled themselves. They prayed and confessed their sin. But if you read that prayer, which is uh, Nehemiah chapter nine, you will see that it is a history lesson. It goes over all of Hebrew history up to that point. And it talks very much in the same manner that Stephan is speaking. Here's our history. Here's where we came from. Here's where the Lord brought us out of and what he has done for us and continues to do for us and what he requires of us, obedience. And then it's also the personal as, as we were discussing, or many have discussed in here, personal accountability and responsibility. Here's where we did not do what he said. Mm-hmm. And then these are the consequences of those actions, or the ownership, as it were. Mm-hmm. And we don't change the word of God to suit us. We change us to suit the word of Amen. God and the will of God. Amen. And all he's looking for is obedience. That's it. And the obedience is is a demonstration of our love for him. And that's how he, I'll say, has required it, but that's that's his view of it. Because, yes, people can be obedient, at least on the onset. They can be obedient for a certain time, right, on the surface, and have no love or desire. But as you'll see, it's very short-lived. Mm-hmm. But those that remain, that remain obedient, that continually demonstrate their love for him, that's, that's why and how they're doing it. They are able to remain obedient because they love him with their, the entirety of their being, being, spirit, soul, and body. So I just wanted to bring that up because I was, I was reminded of this as we were going through and, um, you know, it's, it is important, but it's also interesting because they, the, so back in Nehemiah, the people of Israel, when they were given the opportunity, the, the explanation of their history, to rightly understand it, right? 
which is exactly what Christ did, right? He fulfilled yes. all that, but he also taught the people so they could understand, meaning there was a misunderstanding. But that's what happens when we allow those little things to creep in. It changes our, our not just our viewpoint but our, or our perspective, but how we understand something and then the actions that follow it, which is why the Lord tells us in Scripture to diligently guard your heart. Right? Yes. But also, if we have anything that doesn't reflect Him, to uproot it, but it has to be filled with something. So we have to fill it with truth, with Him. God's Word is truth. Mm-hmm. So, just as we're, as we're going through this, I was, like I said, I was reminded of, of that section of Scripture, which uh, is immensely important, but it's just a, another, I'll say, aspect of how the Stephan, through the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit, is making this abundantly clear to the people. The, in this case, the Pharisees, Sadducees, and scribes, and those that have been brought in to lie. Everyone got, is receiving, that's what I mean by gets, everyone is receiving the same opportunity to accept and receive that, the understanding, the new understanding, to change, or to resist it and reject it. And, and in the next episode, we will begin to go over how, or I'll say it in this way, Stefan going into that personal piece, right? Because yes. even if you read through, through Nehemiah, you'll see them, right? He's going over the history. So it's talking about the ancestors. But there's also an element and aspect later on in there where it becomes personal. It becomes about us or me or you, right, today. And like I said, Stefan is about to, through the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit, get to that very personal aspect of the history and their role in it. So I'm going to pause there for today with that. Amen. And can I get a volunteer to close us out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Layla. Lord, we just thank you for today, and we thank you for the opportunity to become your son or daughter, Lord. We thank you for our partners and our listeners, Lord. We thank you that you are refining them, Lord, that you are making us into the kingdom of priests, Lord, that you designed and desire us to be, God. We thank you for the precious blood of Jesus Christ, Lord, that it was shed abroad for the remissions of our sins, Lord, and that it saves all who call upon the name of the Lord. God, we thank you for your salvation and your redemption, Lord. We thank you for Israel and their nation, God, that they have gone before us as an older brother, Lord, and we thank you for your chosen people, God, and we thank you for our country as well, Lord, that you are raising it up and then you're keeping it for your name god we thank you for all those who follow you lord that trust in you and that preach the gospel to the four corners of the earth lord in jesus name amen in jesus mighty name and amen well we love you god bless you and have a wonderful day we hope you've enjoyed listening to a day of prayers morning bible study This year, Pastor John and I are believing for 1,000 new partners to believe God with us and join in the work of the ministry. God is doing great things through a day of prayer, and we want you to be a part. If the Lord has placed on your heart to partner with us, please contact us online 
at adayofprayer.org. Click on the menu and select partner. Complete the form and we'd love to hear from you. Thank you again. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.